Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello and welcome to Destination Draft Day. I'm Michael Rockman, joined by my co-host, Nick Dirk. We got a lot to talk about, especially with all the news that are moving around, of moving pieces that are going around the NFL today. But first and foremost, Nick, how are you doing on this lovely Friday? Doing well. The weekend's finally here. Looking forward to eating some pizza for dinner, so that's always exciting, but... Michael, we have we have a new draft order. We got the Jaguars are picking first. The Jets are picking second. The 49ers are going to pick third. The Falcons fourth. The Bengals fifth. The Dolphins are going to be picking sixth now. Seventh through 11 says the same. Lions, Panthers, Broncos, Cowboys, Giants, and the Eagles are going to pick 12th. Uh, why don't you, you know, for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, why don't you let everybody know how those things may ended up happening and getting changed? Yeah, so – it seems as though the 49ers are all in on getting a QB for the future. Jimmy Garoppolo probably going to start the season. I would think Nick has a difference of opinion there. You know, we were talking about it a little bit the pre-show. He thinks that they should, you know, take advantage, trade Jimmy right now, get the best value you can for him, which is certainly an option. But, you know, I think that the 49ers are looking at this as we got a good enough team. If we can capitalize on having a rookie QB, who could even become a potential superstar, that'd be absolutely huge for the 49ers championship window and allow them to continue having one of the better rosters in football. Trading up to three, I think personally that this is a move for Trey Lance. I think that in terms of upside, scheme fit, and just overall you know, projection based on the windows of the 49ers where this QB would be stepping in compared to where Trey Lance probably fits in best, I think this is what will be happening on draft day. So for me, I I really look at it as a Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at two, Trey Lance at three, and Atlanta then has to make the decision. Do we want Justin Fields or do we want to trade back and really try to find another team that is looking for a QB in this class? Yeah, I think somebody's going to be falling here in the draft. Uh, You know, I – we're thinking the first three teams ten quarterbacks. You kind of thinking the Falcons are going to stay put with Matt Ryan right now. I'm not so sure about that. The Lions, do they go and draft a quarterback? They just got Jared Goff for three years. 
a lot of money. So I think they're going to roll with Goff for at least now. They're going to be really bad, so they probably figure we'll be at the top of the draft anyway. Uh, Panthers, maybe. Uh, I don't think they, you know, they're, are they going to love Justin Fields? Same thing goes for the Broncos there. So, you know, somebody could be falling um, to eight or not, seven, eight, nine here. Um, and, you know, maybe somebody even falls out of the top 10. But to me, I just don't know why the Eagles are trading, uh, you know, I just don't want to do the trade. I don't understand. I, I don't know what the Eagles are doing. Like what? <laughs> I don't know what their mindset is or their strategy is here. Obviously, you know, get more picks or whatever. But I really don't know what direction the Eagles are going to be going in. They obviously they signed Joe Flacco, so we don't. They will be taking a quarterback, but are they going to take? Like I would think they're going to take one of the three receivers, whatever one falls to them. Yeah, and I think one of the receivers could still be there at twelve. I don't think that that is a ridiculous trade back. I think what this move kind of shows is that by trading back with the Dolphins, you acquire the second pick, and maybe they are trying to position themselves that if need be, they can move up next year and get their QB if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out. This does seem like a move of confidence with Jalen Hurts being the starter next year, which has been something that has been surprisingly debated pretty heavily on whether or not the Eagles are all in on Hurts being the starting QB. You can make your assumptions about Joe Flacco, you can make your assumptions about how Hurts will perform, but I think the question has been answered. Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting QB for the Eagles, and how long that lasts, we'll just have to see based on his play. Right. So now basically the Dolphins turn Laramie Tunsil into uh, they get a third-round pick, and they get uh, four first-round picks, which is pretty – a pretty big, uh, you know, haul there. And, and overall here, the Dolphins are pretty set for, you know, the next few years. They have uh, two first-round picks this year. They're going to pick six and 18. So the Philly pick and their pick. In the second round, they got the Houston pick and their pick. And on the third round, they have their pick. And then next year, they'll get the 49ers' first-round pick. They got an extra third-round pick from the 49ers. And then in 2023, they'll have their first-round pick and the 49ers' first-round pick. So they're looking good there. Rick is not happy. He says, Miami screwed the Pats. Flores dunks on his former boss. Uh, so it's interesting in that regard. Uh, I, I, really, I guess, I mean, the Dolphins are the big winner here, right? Unless the 49ers, you know, get their quarterback of the future. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Do you think there's any way they're not taking a quarterback here? Because Schefter tweeted out the 49 49- but the 49ers source said Jimmy is here to stay. He's our guy this year. Oh, absolutely. I believe that Jimmy is going to be staying, but I don't think that that means that they are looking anywhere other than QB. I think what this move indicates is that, you know, maybe they're willing to have Jimmy start the entire year and then they'll put in their QB. Or maybe, you know, it's just someone to hold the position down until the next QB is ready. We'll see what happens, but if, if they do anything other than QB, I would be absolutely mind-boggled. I, I couldn't see it working out that way. Um, one of the more interesting things that I've seen is there are a lot of analysts that are saying this should be a trade for Mac Jones, which would surprise me a lot as well. Chris Sims talking about it, plenty of other guys as well. And I, I don't see it happening, but you know, whenever I did my evaluation of uh, Mac Jones, one of the comparisons that really has been common is Kirk Cousins. And we've known about this Kyle Shanahan, Kirk Cousins, you know, rumored love affair of wanting to work together, being super high on each other in terms of football and just wanting to be together. So 
maybe it's a situation where, you know, Kyle Shanahan just sees his new Kirk Cousins opportunity and is all in on Mac Jones. But really, I'd say it's like 98% that is going to be Justin Fields or Trey Lance at this pick. Reagan Smash says he's hoping for Kyle Pitts. You go Pitts and Kittle in the two tight end set. Now, I've seen some people have Pitts going to the top four. Some people ain't had him originally like him going to the Jets. Which I don't remember the last time a, a tight end has gone to the top five, but I don't know, Michael. Is this guy really this big game changer that everyone's type him up to be? Yeah, and I think that he is definitely going to add a lot to any offense that he's in. And maybe Miami at six could be that team that gets him. But you have to kind of weigh the options because tight end has been a historic position that really the first pick tight end doesn't generally play out as well as some of the mid-rounders that maybe, you know, a guy like Kittle comes up and becomes a superstar where maybe these first-round picks aren't progressing or producing at the level that you would expect. But really, I do think that Kyle Pitts and George Kittle would probably set the league on fire. I don't expect that the 49ers traded up to do so but it would be a very dangerous duo that would be hard to stop. So now the question really is like, you know, what are the Jets going to do with two? So you would think this league is thinking they're taking Zach Wilson, right? So, because otherwise, why, you know, I guess the 49ers don't like Zach Wilson. Otherwise, they would have had to try to get the number two pick. Um, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble moving Sam Donald. So I, at this point, for if they want to get anything of value, so I think it's very realistic come the end of the draft, Sam Donald and Zach Wilson, you know, let's say maybe Justin Fields, they're on the same roster, which would be pretty crazy. And I think that would be the f- first time um, ever in a draft that a QB, a, a team selected two QBs in the top four in a four-year four span. I mean, that's just wild. I'm looking around the league here. Who's who's trading for Sam Darnold right now to be a starter, Michael? Honestly, if know. there's a team that trades for Sam Darnold, it would probably be a team, you know, maybe like the Carolina Panthers where Teddy Bridgewater seems upset with the situation and you kind of have been well known to be making that move at QB. Matt Rule obviously only entering year two, so I don't think that a failed Darnold exper- experiment where, you know, maybe they send a third or fourth round pick for him necessarily gets him canned and really the upside there is still enticing for teams around the league so you know maybe a team like Carolina but I think it's very realistic that either a he's the Jets backup next year b he's a backup somewhere else or c you know he he ends up in somewhere where it's almost a QB competition where it's not really his job to really start right away his value is already down his value is going to be so much more down if they draft a quarterback. So Joe Douglas has to be careful here because if he takes the quarterback, everyone knows the Jets have no interest in Sam Donald. So why would you even bother to give up more than like a six or seven round pick knowing that, you know, this guy's going to be a free agent at the end of the year if we don't trade for him because, you know, who's going to, it's just not going to work out. Zach Wilson looking to become the highest drafted uh, BYU player. Uh, Ezekiel Anso went fifth. I think in 2013 and Jim McMahon also went there in the eighties in the top five, but you know, Wilson, I know you, you don't, you don't love Wilson. You don't have him as your second quarterback. Um, but I think this guy has all the goods. However, I'd be worried about whoever goes to the Jets at two, because 
Sure, they signed Corey Davis, but the offensive line's a disaster, and whoever that person is is going to be stepping into a situation where if they're going to start week one in 2021, which of course they want to do, there's going to be some struggles, and I think the Jets fan base is the most irrational, impatient there is, and especially if there's going to be fans in the stands. If that rookie QB comes in in that first game and you know throws a few interceptions or an interception, they're going to be booing him. You got to remember, uh, Sam Donald, this guy lit it up in his, 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 his debut against the Lions on Monday Night Football. So by the time the fans were in the stands – you know, they were all for him, but they quickly turned on Sam Donald, too. So it's just a tough spot. Uh, you know, Rick wants to know, Michael, both Wilson and Fields see ghosts. Remember, Sam Donald was seeing those ghosts against the Patriots. Yeah. I think they will because the Patriots defense is looking really good this year. That's the hope. You know, and these trades are heartbreaking for a Patriots fan like myself because, you know, I was hoping they'd trade up, getting that mix for QB. Hopefully, number four is still on the table, but. It's, it's hard to say, and we'll see what happens. But right now, it's looking like the Patriots maybe aren't going to be landing one of these QBs, and it's heartbreaking for me. Right. But like I said, if, if a QB starts falling to like the 7 through 9 range, and it's someone the Patriots like, could be in play. And that's more realistic than, you know, what they're going to maybe Maybe Bill's on the phone right now with uh, Lynch, and he's saying, you know, what are we doing here? Are we getting Garoppolo? Or maybe Bill's like, you know what? We'll go with Cam for one year. I'll get Garoppolo next year. He'll be my guy. So, I don't know. I'm thinking it's very unlikely that the Patriots take it a quarterback here. Uh, should be interesting to see. Now, the other big news is the Bucks have signed Fournette to a one-year deal. And that means all 22 starters from the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back. You know how rare that is, Michael? I don't think that's ever happened before. A team Because usually a team wins Super Bowl – Every single guy is going to get a big payday because, like, we want already. I want the money. Sign me wherever. I'll go play wherever. They're all coming back, and there's only one reason why. Tom Brady. He. he I guarantee you, Michael. He's. He called every single player on the team the day after the parade, and he said, "Are we going to run it back?" You know, it's your decision. That's what I think happened. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. Brady was probably in everyone's ear saying, "Look, you better be back here." They were like, all right, let me celebrate. He's like, well, you can celebrate, but we need you back. And then in time, you know, the Bucs were able to rework some contracts, you know, adding void years for kickers. They really did anything they could to make this year work and get the roster back, and they've done it. And now they enter the draft really with limited needs. And you can really go BPA. You can go get some depth options. You know, you can look for the future in your first-round pick, which is huge and a absolute luxury. And – We'll see what they do, but I think right now all options are on the table for the Bucks, and they are going to enter this draft with a lot of freedom that a lot of teams don't have. Right. Reagan Smash says the Pats can't afford Jimmy G contract in 2021. Uh, there's always a, there is always a will. A, there's always a way, but, yeah, if he gets cut, they'll sign him. I don't think there's any doubt about it. If he gets cut next year or this year, they'd sign him. They're not going to cut him this year, though, like Michael said. Uh, Rick says they need to get rid of Gilmore before trading for Jimmy G and he's crying about Cam starting. How do you feel about Cam starting, Michael? I think that Cam is a fine starter, but you aren't really looking for him to be the future right now. You know, the arm isn't there as much as it has been in the past. There's too many times on film where he's inconsistent. And I think that's why the Patriots 
should look to try to find their QB the future, you know, hopefully this offseason, but maybe next. I think there's still stuff left in the tank for Cam to produce and be somewhat of a fine starting QB. And I think that's why in a bridge like situation, he would have been fine. But now, you know, in his second year, if the Patriots don't have anyone else to potentially take over a QB, then you're kind of leave, you're kind of left with plenty of question marks and concerns for the team. No doubt about it. So that's, you know, that's, that's trouble there in the, in the NFC South, especially, uh, you know, the saints, they lost Drew Brees. We're assuming Jameis Winston's going to start for them. We're going to see a lot of, ta- a lot of Taysom Hill though, who got a huge, huge contract. Uh, but, you know, the Saints, they're a lot of trouble. You know, Marshall Lattimore arrested for a loaded uh, and stolen handgun. I mean, what, what are you doing? What a knucklehead. Why are you doing this stuff? Um, but, you know, the Saints, Michael, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be – it's going to be tough for them, I think, here. Move forward. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I know you still like them, but you know, what, do you, what do you see them doing in the draft? Yeah, so for their mock draft, I think you got to look at what this team has lost in the process. And I think one of the biggest things that they still have to address is the cornerback position. Marshawn Lattimore is going to be a free agent next year unless they get an extension done. But even if they keep Lattimore, which I fully expect the Saints to be able to work out and do, you have to look at the other guys at the position group. You know, players like P.J. Williams aren't long-term for the Saints. So getting a guy like Caleb Farrelly, who has dropped due to, you know, these injury concerns, I think you bring him in as the Saints. Yes, there is the risk of the injury concerns, but the talent level is there. If he can play right away, or even if he needs time, I think you're getting a really solid, dependable cornerback at this pick. And really falling back to this pick would be absolutely huge. For Farley, you know, there's so much talent there on the Saints roster. But if you can get another stud corner to team up with Lattimore, then your secondary really is fully fixed from some of the issues that had that was had last year with some of the aging veterans, maybe not having that same quickness and first step that they needed. So getting a young corner right here at, at the back end of the first that maybe would have been a top 10, top 15 pick is absolutely huge and worth the gamble. In the second round, I have him going Jay Tufele, defensive lineman out of USC. 315 pounds, can really plug himself up the middle. You look at guys like Malcolm Brown that have been lost in this, you know, tough offseason for the Saints in terms of trying to rework everyone on the roster, making some cuts. And I think Tufele is a great addition to add in. You know, Shai Tuttle and David Onyemeta are going to be free agents after this year. You have to really start to plan for, you know, some of these guys are going to be lost. And you, all your money is going to be going into guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchick. So most likely, you know, maybe you can keep Tuttle. Maybe you can keep on your meta. But you need to probably let go of one of them. And I think that's how Tufele steps in and becomes a great pick in that second round. In the third round, you look at Tylen Wallace, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. Tylen Wallace has been phenomenal at the college football level. But the biggest issue is – the contested catches don't work the same at the NFL. You know, the jump balls, the huge catches in traffic, you got to be able to separate more than anything. And Tylen Wallace maybe doesn't have the size of a physical jump ball receiver. So that's the big question mark for him. Can he become that next level of wide receiver? I think I look at a guy, and this is Rich. I don't want to say that this is necessarily my exact player comparison, but I think the styles are similar. 
Tylen Wallace, I think, has similarities to Chris Godwin out of Penn State, a guy that was a very big jump ball wide receiver out of Penn State, was absolutely just this toss it up for him, let him go get it. And at the next level, he has to really become this quick receiver who can find ways to win outside of just being a jump ball guy because the size isn't there. So can Tylen Wallace become Chris Godwin? I don't know, but I think that there's plenty of similarities in their game at the college level, and now it's up to Tylen Wallace and you know maybe the Saints or whoever drafts him to develop him to get him to a level like that. And the Saints at wide receiver absolutely need the help with Emmanuel Sanders parting to Buffalo in this past offseason. With their next third-round pick, I have him going Rashad Weaver, edge rusher, out of Pittsburgh, another replacement-style pick. You know, Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan are going to be fine defensive ends. You're going to have production out of both of them. But Rashad Weaver can add that third guy in there to the rotation. You are able to produce pressure constantly by keeping these guys fresh. Trey Hendrickson obviously gone to the Cincinnati Bengals. So you get a guy like Weaver who I think has the size, frame, and really the pass rush ability to cause a – a lot of havoc in backfields and, you know, with a team like the saints where you're working opposite of Cameron Jordan or even working opposite of Marcus Davenport, I think Weaver would find a great home here in new Orleans and find ways to produce with their fourth round pick. I have him going Justin Hilliard linebacker out of Ohio state. This is someone that could probably be viewed as a first or second round talent. If he were able to stay healthy during his college career, ended up being a five year college player with injuries almost take him out of all of these seasons, was able to finish off the season strong, and that's really where he got most of his notoriety in draft circles. If he can stay healthy at the NFL level, this will 100% be a steal. This guy may be a little bit undersized, but he can stuff the run. He's a smart player. He's quick. He has great IQ that will allow him to process both the run and the pass game. And in a place like New Orleans, where he's working with guys like Demario Davis and other weapons, on this defense, getting him in New Orleans, you know, working with like a Zach Bond, who's even young and still unproven as well, I think they would be able to produce very well and get a solid linebacker core that maybe they were missing uh, after this past offseason. In the sixth round, I have him going back to the wide receiver position, adding Marquez Stevenson out of Houston. New Orleans really seems to love those speedy, deep threat type of wide receivers from the college level. Marquez Stevenson was a return man and a very solid receiver for the Houston Cougars, all college football, you know, during his entire career. So adding that to the New Orleans Saints wide receiver room, I think would absolutely produce well for them and add some needed depth. In the seventh round, I have him going to Caprio Boodle out of Nebraska, who put up a phenomenal pro day. The only issue is maybe he's a little undersized, may have to be a slot corner. I think you look at what he can do, though, on tape, and there's plenty of potential there for the Saints to be enticed. And obviously that cornerback room needs some extra depth. And then in the next seventh round pick, I have him going Chase Burnt out of West Virginia, add some depth behind Eric McCoy, get an interior offensive lineman. That's one of the big things is that they need just some depth on that offensive line. And for the Saints, Nick, I know we talked about it. There's plenty of question marks, mostly surrounding Jameis Winston. But if Jameis can perform at a solid level, maybe not, you know, top tier, but just someone who maybe limits his turnovers, puts up 28 touchdowns over the course of the season. Do you think that this Saints team is good enough to make playoffs? I don't think so. I just, you know, Jameis Winston's got to play 
so ridiculous. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, the re- receiver not being able to, you know, you know, to jump balls or separation, how important it is. And it just, it all depends on the quarterback's comfortability. Like the Giants, they signed Kenny Galladay, who is known for a, being a jump ball receiver. Now, why was Kenny Galladay given the opportunity to do jump balls? Well, because Matthew Stafford was the quarterback. He did the jump balls with Calvin Johnson, so he had a lot of trust there. Daniel Jones, he doesn't really he's, – he's so worried about turning the ball over here. You think he's going to be okay with throwing it up and then hearing Garrett and Judge saying, what are you doing that whole – you need some ball security? Galladay doesn't separate so well. So now it's really the same situation with Jameis where obviously he really didn't play last year. But what happened the year before? He had the first ever 30-30 year. Um He's going to be afraid to throw interceptions. So he's not going to, you know, sling it up there for the 50-50 balls. He's going to want to get guys with separation. And, you know, I don't know what's going on. Michael Thomas wasn't all there last year. Didn't have a great year. So this team was really held together by Breeze um, and obviously Hills, you know, disguises and whatnot. I'm a little surprised here that you don't have the Saints – uh, taking a quarterback in the, in the later rounds just to kind of get somebody in there. and Because right now, I mean, I would, I would assume they're going to get somebody else. They're not going to go in there with, with Hill as the backup, who's also starting at the same time as Winston. They're going to probably dress the third quarterback, I would think. I think they could potentially look into the QB spot, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they mostly just look at the options of Winston Hill and really just – if it doesn't work out, they look at QB in that next draft. Maybe they do take someone like a Mond or a Mills in the later rounds in this draft, though, and it's certainly on the table. And we have some comments from the comment section. Yeah. Do you see the Pats trading the Falcons for their fourth-round pick? I assume he's meaning just num- number four pick in the draft. And I think that's certainly a possibility. I think it really comes down to who is willing to pay the Falcons the most and do the Falcons want to move. Uh, you know, there's the, plenty the of rumors Falcons that takes Stephon Gilmore and the first round <laughs> pick for their first round pick. Probably it may it may cost a little more. Honestly, that's that's how crazy this trade market has gotten after the San Fran trade. And you know, looking at it, I I don't know what the Falcons want to do. I've thought that it was going to be Matt Ryan just sticking at QB and they would look elsewhere. But there's been a lot of rumors saying that the the move wasn't necessarily a vow of we're keeping Matt Ryan for long term. It was more just we're trying to make money because we have to be somewhat competitive this season. And it's really going to be interesting. I really hope the Patriots trade up. And I think at four, Justin Fields seems to be the guy that would be there. So I would love that fit, especially. But it's hard to say right now. I personally want to say it will happen. But, you know, I, I'm biased. So it's hard to say fully. You know, Nick, what do you think? I don't think so. I think the Falcons are going to stay put. Uh and, you know, draft a defensive guy because their offense is good. I mean, they're in shootouts, so Matt Ryan still still has it. Uh, they have a great chance to go from worst to second best in the division this year. They could maybe sneakily be a playoff team if they just get that defense right because, I mean, how many times is the defense going to let Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan down? There's so many games just this year where they scored 30-something points and – they lost because the defense gave up all these points. So I think they're going to, you know, you know, take who they feel is the best defensive player on the board, uh, either at four or if they trade down, maybe I would think they maybe 
we're looking at a situation where they're potentially trading with a team like the Panthers. So they're still in the same range. And then you know, like, okay, the Panthers are coming up. They're going to take a quarterback. Absolutely. And we have another comment as well. Boodle, 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 rocking everywhere. Probably one of the best nickname options for him, but probably one of the longest as well. We'll see if it plays out for him, but I, I like it. I like it a lot. Good content here from the comment section. We appreciate everyone commenting in. Let's get back on track to the Saints, though. Obviously, you know, there's been a tough offseason for a lot of teams, but maybe no team had it tougher than the New Orleans Saints trying to create money, trying to push off money. And it's a common mainstay of the Mickey Loomis era, you know, right. trying to really push off all these contracts to later dates. But do you think that if this doesn't work out this year, you know, the things go poorly, do you think the Saints kind of embrace this post-Breeze tank era where they take on all this dead money finally and say, okay, you know, we just got to deal with it, you know, work this, like not push off contracts, get through this terrible era of no money, limited limited options and salary and try to rebuild? Or do you think that they will always be a team that's looking to compete while under Mickey Loomis? Well, this year, I think they're going to be, it's going to look a lot like the 2020 Patriots where, you know, there's going to be glimmers of hope. Like, oh, Jameis is back. Big game, you know, Monday Night Football or something. And then it's going to be like, oh, Jameis, what the heck? Just like we saw Cam Newton. So that's what I'm thinking for this season. Now, can they go full tank? Yes. But I guarantee you Sean Payton will say, I'm out of here. And he's going to take another job somewhere else. Because I don't think maybe he's going to be. I don't think he's going to want to stay around for that. Yeah, maybe they trade Peyton and get some value out of him as well. Just completely get anything they can, you know. Who knows? Sean Payton but, to, to the Cowboys for uh, <laughs> first-round pick and uh, Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> and another team that maybe is really fearing the day that their QB is done, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, drafted Newly Jordan Love. to Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it worked out. I mean, Danica, he's with Danica Patrick. He wasn't playing so great. And then he was great with Olivia Mine, and now he's been with Shailene Woodley. Wins the MVP. They're engaged. Good for Aaron Rodgers. Too bad him and his family don't talk anymore, or so we hear. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Let's go into the mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> Michael right. does not like to talk any pop culture. He just like, let's just get to the mock draft because I want to talk about Zayvon Collins right away. <laughs> hey, first round, we got him going Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. This is someone that has been really hard to place in the mock draft world because there's so many options that really he could fit into well. You know, the versatility to play both on the edge and at the linebacker spot. But we're doing it here with the Green Bay Packers now, and I think it's an excellent fit. Looking at the linebacker spot, they've lost so much talent. You know, Blake Martinez two years ago, who's now been a star for the Giants in this past season. Christian Kirksey gone as well. Linebacker is a huge need for the Packers. And I know a lot of people are going to look at this mock draft and say, oh, Rodgers isn't going to like this. No wide receiver early. You know, the Packers do it again. This is ridiculous. But, you know, Alan Lazard looked fine. And – Marcus Valdez-Scantling, look fine. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. They bring back Aaron Jones. They have A.J. Dillon. Robert Tunyon looked like a solid tight end. I don't think that drafting a wide receiver would be a bad move for the Packers. I'm not saying that at all. But I do think that there are huge needs on this roster. 
since Aaron Rodgers has become the starting quarterback, the Packers have never drafted a wide receiver, tight end, or running back in the first round. So you know, now you got you know Rodgers. They picked up. They moved his salary is something something around. They gave him like a bonus or something because they he he's basically like, why am I a dead duck right now? He's thinking he's going to be Brett Favre. <laughs> uh, he's going to get other things here. And he's thinking maybe, you know, they're going to – I'm basically on a one-year deal here. So they might get rid of me after this year and move over to Jordan Love. But he's making the point, like, how are you getting – how is Love getting better? I'm getting all the reps here. There's no OTAs. So how do, how is this going to happen? you got to lock me up here. And, you know, maybe they're just trying to say, you know, like, we're going to do what we want to do here. You got us. It's almost to the Super Bowl last year. Um, they're still probably the be- one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, the offense, like you mentioned, is pretty good. Uh, but Rodgers probably be unhappy if they go defense here. But once he sees Collins play, he'll be like, "All right, I get it now. This guy is like, to me, he's the best linebacker in the draft." But uh, he, just the fact that he can move over and, and do so many things, I, I think this would be a tremendous pick for the Packers. Yeah, and he moves extremely well. At 6'4", 260, he can cover with some of the best linebackers in the league. You work on him, get some physicality, a little bit improved, and this guy's going to be a stud. In the second round, you have to replace Lindsley at the offensive line spot of center. You add Josh Myers out of Ohio State. You fill in this offensive line, one that has really started to crumble. If you ask me, you know, looking at guys like John Runyon to be the center, I think is asking for disaster. So get a guy like John Myers or Josh Myers in the second round, and you're getting a solid, dependable interior offensive lineman that I think is one of the better options in this class. In the third round, I have him going Ambry Thomas, cornerback out of Michigan. Packers love these, you know, speedy corners. And I think getting a guy like Ambry Thomas in the third round has a lot of potential, has a lot of upside. And if you can develop him a bit, I think you're looking at your new starting cornerback opposite of Jair Alexander. He plays the deep ball. You know, he, he has deep speed, but he needs to play the deep ball a little bit better. There's still some development there, and I would have loved to see him in 2020. We didn't get to see that next step for him, but the size and the speed and the long arms are definitely there for Ambry Thomas. In the fourth round, add Kendrick Green out of Illinois, the offensive guard. I think he would be a phenomenal fit in the Packers system get him potentially fighting for that right guard spot and you can really fulfill this offensive line's needs and really start to protect Aaron Rodgers fully, which they have done in the past. I'm not saying they haven't, but with losing Lindsay, I think it's a big deal that you need to invest in this offensive line. With the next fourth round pick, we finally get a receiver, Simi Fijoko, wide receiver out of Stanford, a big slot type wide receiver. And I think, you know, with, with, uh, <coughs> With Devontae Adams outside, you know, getting a big slot like Fehoko, I think, would be absolutely huge. I think he's smooth. He moves well. He can play inside, outside. He's got dependable hands. He needs to be a little bit better at not catching the ball with his chest. You know, plucking the ball is is the biggest necessity for a wide receiver, and I think he needs to develop in that regard. But he's got the speed, the size, and the patience to be a very strong wide receiver. You know, if you're looking at the types like the Cooper Cups and the Keenan Allen. I'm not saying he's going to play up to that level, but he is that type of mold, and I think there's definitely a lot to like there. In the fifth round, Malik Herring, defensive lineman out of Georgia, a guy that has played defensive end and defensive line in his past. I think with the Packers, he would be strictly almost this 3-4 defensive end, 
adding some depth to that defensive line would be absolutely huge. I'm not the biggest fan of its current makeup, so getting a guy like Herring in the fifth round I think would be a good get. With that next fifth round pick, I have him looking at Ernest Jones, linebacker out of South Carolina. I think what you need to do with this linebacker unit can't be solved in one draft unless you're, you know, addressing the need in the first and second round, and then you're missing out on a lot of other options. So with the fifth round pick, Ernest Jones, solid run stopper. I think he can provide depth, rotational piece, and really produce well for a day three pick for the Green Bay Packers that needs some help at the linebacker spot. In the sixth round, I look at Bryce Thompson, cornerback out of Tennessee, a speedy slot option, you know, add some talent to the secondary, get some guys in there. And also, I think he could have some nice special teams capabilities. And speaking of special teams in the sixth round with that second pick, I have him going Dylan Stoner, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. He can return. He can catch the ball well. I think he offers slot capabilities and outside capabilities. Worked well at Oklahoma State, but I don't think it was a great scheme fit. I think in the NFL, he could be someone that goes day three, late day three, and really surprises at the NFL level because he's in a probably a better offense for his skill set. And with that seventh round pick, Brendan James, offensive tackle out of Nebraska, add an option to really be that depth behind Billy Turner and getting a guy like James, I think would be a great pick for them. So for the Green Bay Packers, let's go right through it one, one last time. Zayvon Collins, Josh Myers, Ambry Thomas, Kendrick, Dream, Kendrick Green, Simi Fihoko, Malik Herring, Ernest Jones, Bryce Thompson, Dylan Stoner, and Brendan James. Nick, in terms of what the Packers needs are entering this draft in terms of just how they look for this next season. What do you think of this draft? And what do you think in terms of contending next year? What do you think is the ceiling for the Packers? Draft's pretty solid. Um, I could see them taking a tight end at some point. Ceiling for the Packers is Super Bowl champions. They're going to be one of the last four playing again. Aaron Rodgers was great last year at the MVP. I expect him to be right back there. And I think we're going to see another great epic showdown of Brady and Rogers next year in the NFC Championship game. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think, I think the, the Packers are hands down a top four team going into next season. So I think one of the big question marks for them is what do they do with Jordan Love? Could you see them realistically looking into trading Jordan Love to a team maybe like the Panthers where, you know, you get the Panthers second round pick and you say, okay, we're sorry, Aaron. Like we, we realize our mistake. We want you to be our QB for four more years. Or do you think that, you know, the days of Aaron Rodgers dressing up in the yellow and green could actually be more limited than people think? It's tough. Just because, you know, they've done it already. I, I think it's, this could be Rodgers last year in Green Bay, which would be a stupid move by the Packers. Uh, LaFleur wouldn't be happy about that. Um, yeah, I think – Maybe he plays out his contract, but I think they're going to eventually part ways. But I really think if you traded Rodgers down, you could get a first-round pick. So, Oh, absolutely. I or think maybe two or three. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of teams would have, love to have Rodgers. The Patriots, cool. the Giants. So what are you thinking? I mean, are you about, thinking? About 28 teams would take, the, would take Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So what are you thinking for – Aaron Rodgers, you think Miami Dolphins 2022? If Tua doesn't work out, it could be a, a wonderful landing spot for both teams. Both sides, I guess. I don't know. It's tough. I'm definitely going to have to gauge the market more 
more when we know, but I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers to the Rams to replace Matthew Stafford. Sheesh. Just a QB carousel going on for McVay. He, he doesn't want to work Listen, with anyone. Rodgers needs to come to New York, all right? He needs to come dominate the NFC East. We got some, some comments here, though. First, Brick says the elusive head coach trade not since Bill Belichick. Uh, incorrect. John Gruden was traded to the Buccaneers. Worked out great for the Bucs. They won the Super Bowl. But those are the only two that really come to mind for me here. Reagan Smash, he wants Michael Parsons to Atlanta at the fourth overall pick. I don't think he's going that high. Michael's going to do his mock draft real soon. I think there's a chance he might be going number 11 to the Giants, uh, which Michael actually week one of the college football season had a projection of Parsons to the Giants. So if that turns out, then correct, because I remember that. You know Michael knows his stuff. Now, Rick says this is a TB12 Bill Belichick conundrum. I think it should be Rodgers last year. You cannot trade away your developing future for someone 10 years from ARP membership. Well, that's uh, ARP. Is it 50 or is it 60? I don't know. Uh, but, Elson, I think Brady's going to play till he's like 47, right? Rodgers is going to play till 45 at least, right? So it just it's just a matter of if you're the Packers, do you want to win now or do you want to maybe win later? That's what you got to ask yourself. And this pick seemed like a like a obvious situation where, you know, they pick Love and everyone kind of starts saying, oh, you know, we saw it with Alex Smith when Mahomes got picked. Rodgers is going to come out and tear it up. And he did absolutely that. He had a phenomenal year. MVP? Is it worth the price of a first-round pick to just motivate your QB now? Do you think that's a realistic option for teams to start doing? We'd have to look back at the draft last year because I don't know who went directly after Love, but I'm sure there would have been somebody there who could have helped the Packers beat the Bucs. Um, but listen, Rodgers, he came out. He was like, you know, don't forget about me. I'm the best guy there is. So, you know, I got obviously Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes. They're on a whole other level than the rest of the league. So you got to just see. You got to make the quarterback happy. That's why Brady's so great. He just goes with the flow, and there's really there's two ways to win in the NFL. One, you got a great quarterback on his rookie deal, or two, you got a great quarterback on a team friendly deal. Other than that, in between, very hard to do. Absolutely, and you know we look at these older QBs, and we start to tear up about life without them. But you know who makes life without them much easier is young superstar QBs, and. There may not be any young superstar QBs that had a bigger ascension from this last year to this year than Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. I got Josh Allen. Let's jump in to their mock draft. In that first round, I have him getting Najee Harris, running back out of Buffalo or out of Alabama. I think you look at what this team needs, and there's not a lot of needs on the roster. So getting a QB, a phenomenal running back who can both catch the ball, run the ball, tire out of defense, and then you have that QB that can run the ball as well would be absolutely dominant. Najee Harris and Josh Allen in the same backfield would be deadly, almost impossible to stop. And even though they just signed Matt Breida recently, I think it would be the absolutely right pick. You know, there's been rumors about Najee Harris going to a team maybe like Pittsburgh at 24, but I think those teams 
have bigger needs and can't afford the luxury that has become picking a running back in the first. But Buffalo can absolutely afford that. You're getting a superstar running back, and I think it makes this team take that next step. In the second round, I look at Paulson Adebo, corner out of Stanford. They need someone opposite of Tredavious White. Adebo put up a wonderful pro day, is an absolute athlete. He can make plays. There's, this has been a guy that was hyped as a first-rounder. You know, the tape wasn't there as a first-rounder for me, but I definitely see the upside as a late second, early third corner. He's got the length. He's got the size. He's got some nice abilities in coverage, and he's got the athleticism. So if you can get that developed with a guy like McDermott, I think it's absolutely possible, and you can hopefully get that answer opposite of Tredavious White, which they have been searching for. In the third round, Deontay Brown, offensive guard out of Alabama. The offensive line is definitely solid for Buffalo. They've improved it so much over the years, and they deserve so much credit. But there's definitely still some improvement that could be had. Adding a guy like Deontay Brown, who is just an island of a man, you know, absolutely huge in size and stature. He is going to be a deadly NFL player, in my opinion, because he's not only big, but I think he moves well, especially with the dropped weight. He moves a lot better than what he looked at at the Senior Bowl. A team challenged him to lose weight at the Senior Bowl, and they said, by draft day, we want you to be down at, I think it was 350 pounds or something like that. And he, or no, it was, I think he was at 350, and they said, we want you to be 320 by the NFL draft, and he was 320 by Alabama's Pro Day. An absolute hard worker, and I think he's going to please a lot of teams. Whoever is willing to pick this guy, I think is going to get a stud on the offensive line. And for Buffalo, if they do it here, I think it's a great pick. In the fourth round, I have him going Joshua Kando, edge rusher out of Florida State. A lot of potential here, the size of stature. You can see him in the top right. You know, this guy is lengthy, lanky. He is long. He is going to make plays. And I think as long as you can get him in a team that is able to both create pressure on the inside and really allow him to be a rotational piece so he's full effort, full energy, and a good coaching staff to develop him, you're going to find some great, plays out of this guy and I think working with a coach like McDermott he would absolutely do that with the next fourth round pick I have him going Brennan Eagles wide receiver out of Texas adding another deep threat to that wide receiver room yes you lost Sean Brown and you need to replace him I think getting a guy like Emmanuel Sanders was huge but getting a deep threat like Brennan Eagles to be that fourth fifth wide receiver I think would be a great addition as well in the sixth round Michael Manette center out of Penn State, adding him to be depth behind Mitch Morse. Both can play at the center spot or guard spot. He's dependable. He started a lot of games for Penn State, and I think there's much to like here with his tape. I think he's going to be a very good depth center at the NFL level, and for Buffalo, you absolutely reap the benefits of having depth on your offensive line. And with the next sixth-round pick, Forrest Merrill, defensive lineman out of Arkansas State, I think you need some young guys on that defensive line to really step in. You are paying a lot of money for people like Starlo Tulele. So if you can get some youth, especially with these day three picks, it would be absolutely huge for the defensive line. And don't rule out defensive line being a pick that is much earlier for the Buffalo Bills. Looking at you know potential nose tackles like Marvin Wilson, Bobby Brown the third, Tyler Shelvin even. There are going to be options that they will probably be very enticed by and look at the chance to pick to put next to Ed Oliver on that defensive line. Nick, you're a big Josh Allen guy. You're a big Buffalo Bills guy. What do you think 
would be the uh, next step for Buffalo? Do you think they are legit a contender already? And do you think that maybe getting a running back like Najee Harris really puts them over the top? No, I actually don't. Uh, they're playing. They're when they're going into this uh, this this season here and making their roster. They're putting it together for one game. That's the AFC Championship. So they got they should be building their roster to beat the Chiefs. And how do you beat the Chiefs? Edge rushers, pressure, defensive ends. So I think that should be their focus because you got to stop Patrick Mahomes. The reason why they couldn't beat the compete with the Chiefs is because they did make stops, but they didn't score right away. So there's only so many times in a row you could stop the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know if running back's a huge need from it is a need, but uh, I'd rather see them take a tight end uh, in, in that scenario, just because it kind of gives them more options in the sense of okay, kind of that high I can block for Josh Allen if we want to do some run designs or another target for him to hit. Because really, honestly, Diggs is one of the best receivers in the league, and that was a huge pickup. Uh, they don't really have that guy, big guy over the middle, red zone threat. Uh, the red zone threat last year was Josh Allen. So uh, I'd like to see them get like a big target for him there. Uh, and again, like all right, Najee Harris, you get him at the end of the first round. I understand that. But we could probably get a really good running back in round two or three uh, at that point. So it'd be interesting to see. I think the, the ceiling again for the Bills is Super Bowl winners. They're very close. Let's see what they do. I have confidence here that they can figure out a way to break through in the AFC and get to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And no matter what happens, me and Nick will be here to talk about it on Destination Draft Day that next Monday or Friday. That's really all we got for you on today's episode. We want to give a quick thanks to LandryFootball.com for the platform to really ramble on about all things NFL Draft. We want to thank all the viewers, both from Twitch Facebook and YouTube for all the comments today and all the interactions that we got. And, you know, I just want to thank Nick for being such a great co-host. So thank you guys. And we will see you on Monday. Take care. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.